hello and welcome to the Sheeple News Podcast, episode number four. Uh, today is the 14th of May 2021. Uh, today we'll be starting off here with a news story about a train company in the UK. Uh, they apologise for using the phrase ladies and gentlemen during announcement. <laughs> so it says here the issues grovelling apology saying train managers should not be using language like this after non-binary passenger took offence. So this is the way we're heading now as, as a society. You, you can't even say ladies and gentlemen. But the worst thing is the train company apologising because when you give these people an inch, you know, they take a mile and they'll keep taking it, taking stuff from you, they'll keep harassing you. So you've got to put them in their place and say, no, you're a bunch of weirdos. And the majority of people are normal. And they want to hear, ladies and gentlemen, they don't want to hear some weird thing like ladies, gentlemen and trans and non-binary people and God knows what else. So this is a big mistake people make here. Every time you you apologise to them, they'll come after you even more. It says, government-run British train company has issued an apology after one of its conductors used the phrase, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, during an announcement causing a passenger identifying as non-binary, but don't know what that is, still don't know what it is, non-binary, to take offence and make a complaint. The passenger, who happens to be an LGBT rep, LGBTQSRT 175, uh, for the Rail, Maritime and Transport Union, immediately took to Twitter to whine about the incident. The company, London North Eastern Railway, immediately apologised and said train managers should not be using language like this. They said, oh... I'm really sorry to see this, they said, Lawrence. Our train managers should not be using language like this, and I thank you for bringing it to my attention. Please could you let me know which service you are on, and I will ensure they remain as inclusive as we strive to be at L-E-N-R. I can just see some of these tweets here. Um, there's uh, various uh, tweets. Uh, one uh, MP here said, You'd be forgiven for thinking this train manager had unleashed a tirade of abuse. Should not be using language like this. He'd actually said, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Identify however you like, but we must stop this nonsense. Another user here has said, Stop pandering to this nonsense. Your announcer said nothing wrong. Lawrence's complaint is ridiculous. No one was excluded or discriminated against. Just do your job of running trains on time and leave the woke politics of someone else with nothing better to do. That's true. Hi, regular passenger here. I really like it when your staff are human and light-hearted like this and would very much prefer it to if you didn't forbid them from doing so or require them to talk like scripted robots. Another user said here, I am concerned that you say train managers should not be using language like this. 
Can you clarify, please? Why are you asking the service this person was on? Do you intend telling the train manager that they are not to use normal language that everyone understands? And uh, we have another tweet here. Uh, I've never received such a groveling apology, despite as a disabled passenger repeatedly being treated appallingly by rail services. And neither has my daughter, who, as a young woman, was left stranded alone in London last year after her last train was cancelled. Why is that? And another one here. That's because companies like this don't actually care about real inconvenience and hardship. What they care about is the perception of it and the fleeting recognition that they get from pandering to people who are ultimately impossible to please. Sorry to hear about your situation. Alright, so next up we got here a headline from uh, News Wars. Says woke Harry laments genetic pain of upbringing, brands First Amendment bonkers. The Prince Harry, husband of Meghan, Duchess of Sussex, has lamented the genetic pain of his upbringing and compared royal life to being a zoo animal. Speaking on the Armchair Experts podcast hosted by Dax Shepherd, who described Harry as a rad dude. The British Royal kicked off the interview by telling off comedian and mixed martial arts colour commentator Joe Rogan for recent comments questioning the value of coronavirus vaccines for healthy young people, then lurched into a brief discussion of the way online algorithms create an echo chamber of no pushback. He went on to suggest that the people responsible for such algorithms are all male and all white. <laughs> the bad white people, before coming onto the topic of himself and his mental health. Harry suggested that his decision to share his story came from a place of courage and complained that some quarters of the media appeared to think he could not be suffering because he is privileged. Yeah, he is privileged. They go on about white privilege. This is a face of white privilege, one of the most privileged people in the world. All he does is lecture other people about their supposed privilege. And he's the one that lives, has had a whole life of privilege. All he does is complain about it. They explain that a lot of genetic pain and suffering got passed on to him by his father, Prince Charles. It appeared to indicate that he had in turn been badly parented by the Queen and her recently deceased husband, Prince Philip. So the article here continues on. Suddenly, I started to piece it together and go, okay, so this is where he went to school. This is what happened. I know this about his life. I also know that that is connected to his parents, so that means he's treated me the way he was treated. So how can I change that for my own kids? And here I am. I moved my whole family to the U.S., that wasn't the plan, but sometimes you've got to make decisions and put your family first and put your mental health first, he said. On royal life, more specifically, Harry likened it to a mixture between The Truman Show and being in a zoo, referring to the 1998 film starring Jim Carrey as a man whose world revolves entirely around him as part of a reality television show 
he is not aware of. It's the job, right? Grin and bear it. Get on with it. I was in my early twenties and I was thinking, I don't want this job. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. Look what it did to my mum. How am I ever going to settle down and have a wife and family when I know it's going to happen again, he said. I've seen behind the curtain. I've seen the business model and seen how this whole thing works. And I don't want to be part of it, he said, of his angry outlook prior to meeting wife Megan. He also complained of the media f feeding frenzy he experienced while living in Tyler Perry's mansion and hinted he did not appreciate the First Amendment which protects freedom of speech and freedom of the press in America, saying, I've got so much I want to say about the First Amendment. I still don't understand it, but it is bonkers. So why are you going moving to another country and then you're complaining about the way they run their country, the way the culture, the customs of that country? So why don't you go back, mate? Go back to your country, which is not even the UK, it's Germany, really, because you're German, you're a German immigrant. You need to go back to Germany. So I think it annoys me, people move somewhere and then they, they complain about that country. Just go back to where you came from, you know. Luckily, in the U.S., they have uh, freedom of speech that's um, very wide-ranging, and there's no such stupid law such as hate speech. Which is what is hate speech? It's subjective. You can you can go down the rabbit hole and say anything. Someone can call you smelly or stupid. That's hate speech. What are you going to do? You're going to get them arrested. I mean, just because you're offended doesn't mean it's not free speech. You know, you have the right to offend someone and to be offended. You know? Okay. You maybe you need to understand that. Uh, he's just, uh, he's turned into a, he was weird anyway, but now with Megan, he's turned into some woke weirdo Nazi. It is the real Nazi. They go on about white privilege, Nazi. This is the guy. He thought it was funny going to dinner party and wearing a Nazi outfit with a swastika on his arm. This is the guy. And his family he has family members that met up with uh, Adolf Hitler during World War Two, And he's the one going on about how bad white people are, how bad Trump is. Uh, yeah, you're the one that's bad, mate. You're the one. You're privileged, privileged white, white man. That's what you are. Alright, so uh, next up here, we have an article on News Wars again. And it's a great site here for real news, by the way. So I recommend you check it out. Uh, it says, women forced to wear face masks during childbirth suffered vomiting, panic attacks, and breathing difficulties, despite official guidance saying they shouldn't wear a face covering. So now they don't even listen to, to the official uh, guidelines now. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's this mental block. It's a, like, a cult-like thing now. You've got to wear a mask everywhere. Even, it, it next they They'll want people wearing it when they're sleeping. They don't know if anyone's seen 
video footage a few weeks ago of this uh, male employee at this hotel. He went crazy at, about uh, um, a client. He had a mental breakdown. He was screaming. He was smashing the computer. And his mask was falling down from his nose. He was so brainwashed that even when he was... He, he looked like he didn't care about anything. He still had to put put his mask up. Always checking his mask. Putting it in the right place. So even when he was going crazy. The, the mask was still the most important thing. There at that moment. Even though it, he was going to probably lose his job. He, he was maybe even going to get arrested. Everything. But that mask had to be on. Everything for the mask. It says here, Woman, women were forced to wear face masks here during childbirth. Uh, the UK charity, Pregnant Then Screwed, carried out the research by asking 936 women who gave birth during December about their experiences. 160 of them, around 1 in 5 who went into labour, were forced to wear a face covering. A 39-year-old woman called uh, Rosie uh, told BBC News that she felt like she was dying because she was in so much pain, yet health workers continued to insist she wear a mask. I was feeling claustrophobic and the mask was making me feel really nauseous and making me panic as well. I'm pushing my baby out. I have this mask on my face and feeling of claustrophobia is just massive. I was frightened that amongst everything else that was happening, I was then going to be sick inside the mask, said Rosie, adding that at one point she took off the mask and was immediately ordered to put it back on. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, another woman forced to wear a mask during childbirth uh, said she was made to do so despite 80 centimetres dilated and experiencing severely painful contractions. I was gasping for air. I felt completely suffocated. I'm never going to be able to forget the feeling of not being able to breathe and the fear and panic I felt while wearing a mask. So what happens? They pass out. Imagine they um, they could even die from wearing this mask here. I mean, God knows what else uh, other problems they'd have, health problems. I mean, it's it's going, it's gone too far, really. It's always like this. You give a bit of power, and it metastasizes. It gets worse and worse. And this is what's happening. You can see. Um, it says she then had to have an emergency cesarean, and was yet again told to wear a mask throughout the procedures. Women that we've spoken to ha have had asthma. They felt dizzy. One woman even threw up in her mask during labour. This is completely avoidable. The guidance needs to be made clear and communicated to all pregnant women that they do not need to wear a mask in labour. Meanwhile, people also continue to wear masks during vigorous exercise, despite being warned that this could also lead to breathing difficulties. The cult of the face covering will not die easily. No. People love wearing a mask now, even though they're told you don't have to wear one. Now, in America, the CDC has said, you don't have to wear a mask now indoors. You can take them off. And Joe Biden said this. And there's still people that are scared. They don't want to. Or they just want to wear a mask. Well, wear one if you want. But 
the rest of us going to live life, you know. If you want to um, stay indoors, just stay indoors, stay in your room or stay in a little uh, basement all your life. And then you know, you're never going to get um, a virus then. And I'm sure your life would be fantastic. You'll be stuck in the basement. Um, you'd be like maybe like Joseph Fritzl. That's what he did. He's so good, wasn't he? He's so nice that he he stopped his kids getting any uh, any illnesses, any viruses. That's what a great guy he was, Fritzl. All he did, he kept his his daughters in in the basement for twenty years, and they had his kids, and they had they um, inbred kids. Yeah, it sounds really good. It's uh. You know, they didn't get COVID. They wouldn't have got COVID if they're around now. So, yeah, that's what you should do. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm being sarcastic. But this is... Some people think I'm being serious. You put... You're going to put people in... In caves and basements to live. I mean, come on, get over it now. Live. You. Everyone's going to die somehow. What are you going to do? Are you going to stay indoors all day? How's that going to work? It's the same. It's the same people who get scared of going on airplanes. They're people that have. I think they had problems developing their brains when they were younger, and they've got small brains, small IQ brains, and they can't think critically. They can't put things in context. So it's like people. They don't want to go on an airplane because an air, airplane crashed. Yesterday, in some somewhere in the world, there's one airplane out of thousands and thousands during the day, and they'll think, "Oh, this is going to happen to me." Where your chance of dying in a, an air crash is almost zero. So, anyway, moving on to the next article here, it says, uh, "Fauci, kids still need to wear masks." So Dr. Fauci, or Dr. Fraudy as I call him, the guy that went into uh, gay clubs to um, investigate and study more about AIDS, uh, you know, needed to be close up with the, the action. Yeah, I'm sure he was close up with the action. Yeah. He was he was close doing all sorts of things, you can imagine. Dr. Dr. Fraudy, yeah. Yeah, he looks like Mickey Mouse. He reminds me of Mickey Mouse, this guy. You put some Mickey Mouse ears on him and be Dr. Fraudy, the Mickey Mouse guy. He says, While decreeing that the fully vaccinated are now allowed to remove their face muzzles, Anthony Fauci reminded Americans that their children are still unvaccinated and therefore must remain masked. So even kids, the ones that have zero chance almost it's there's more chance of uh seeing a flying pig than your child uh getting sick or even dying from coronavirus it's almost impossible that is and they gotta wear masks that's just disgusting that's it's child abuse you know but that's he's obviously you know that side of the political spectrum people on the left their uh, their treatment of kids is not too good to say the least because uh, 
they have a warped view of kids, and they think uh, they treat kids like adults, therefore, you know, if they want to have sex with kids, they will, because they think kids are adults, so they're paedophiles, and they want kids who are six, seven, eight years old to have a sex change, because why? Oh, they think they're adults, and, you know, that's fine, but no, it's weird paedophile people there on the left, very weird. Uh, Fauci has claimed that in order for herd immunity against coronavirus to be reached in the US, children and even babies will have to be vaccinated for this virus that doesn't affect them. Nah. You know, there's something there's something going on here. This is nothing to do with uh, like a normal virus, you know. This isn't, um, you know, some deadly virus here that's going to kill everyone, even kids. Yeah. How many kids have died worldwide from COVID? Like, is it even in the double figures? How many kids under 10? Well, maybe nine kids. Of those maybe nine, they probably had uh, cancer or something like that. So any uh, relatively healthy kid to die from COVID is unheard of. This doesn't happen. The kids' immune systems are so powerful because they're so young that any little disease and like a flu or this COVID thing, which is the flu, that gets to them, they're going to be able to fight it off. They can have COVID. They don't even know it. No. Very weird, very weird times. Alright, next up we got Stacey Abrams. This is this fat uh, woman, fat politician uh, in the States. Uh, she's a Democratic um, candidate there. Uh, she looks like Fat Albert. If you look up Fat Albert, you can see it's just a, a spitting image of Fat Albert, the cartoon character. Uh, it says, um, Arizona recount a continuation of the insurrection. There was no insurrection. That was a peaceful protest. M more peaceful than the burn, loot, murder protest you had last year. Remember? Remember when you burnt down all those cities and killed loads of people? Uh, I remember. Yeah, she goes on. She says, uh, it's a continuation of the insurrection. Um... Go on here on the article on uh, Breitbart. Uh, it says, Cooper asked, first on the news, given all your work on voting rights, when you see this so-called audit in Arizona with cell phone jammers and UV lights and conspiracy theories about bamboo ballots brought in from Asia, what is happening there? Uh, Anderson Cooper said, uh, Abram said, it's a continuation of the big lie, but more importantly and more concerningly, it's a continuation of the insurrection of this attempt to disenfranchise voters and to dismiss the legitimacy of our elections. And we know that this is only part of a larger intention. Just today, there was leaked audio from Heritage Action for measuring where they admitted that this model legislation being promulgated across the country through a vast Republican intention of limiting access to the right to vote because they think it's the best way to win. And according to the leaked audio, they've been meeting with secretaries of state, 
governors, legislators, all with the intent of putting forward legislation that will restrict access to the right to vote and make it easier for Republicans to win. And we should all be concerned because our elections are not about bipartisanship. It should not be a question of Republicans or Democrats gaming the system, but everyone else being able to participate and make their own choices. Yeah, he thinks their last election, I mean, that was a complete joke. It's a complete joke. I mean, where does it take, where in the world of developed country does it take almost a week to conduct an election? That's a week from the election day. They were voting still a month before that, so it took almost like close to six weeks to vote. <laughs> Early voting plus counting the mail-in ballots, they had to keep keep delaying every day. Oh, we found more, we found more, you know, get get it up to, to uh, Trump's level there. Crazy, I tell you, really crazy. Um, and she goes on to say here, uh, not only is there hypocrisy, but it's gaslighting. They are saying aloud that there's nothing wrong, and at the exact same time they're pushing forward legislation to fix something that they say is broken. Either they're lying then, or they're lying now, and the reality is a lie that continues to weave its way through our democracies, one that turns the issue of bipartisanship, this naked partisan grab. But she lost an election for governor in 2018, and she never conceded. She kept going on about it was stolen to her, but it's the other way round. She says it's, it's a conspiracy theory. But she was the one to change all the rules, the election rules in Georgia, so they could win the state. So, you know, she needs to do a bit of research, I think. Okay, next up we have the Gateway Pundit says Dominion Voting Systems releases statement, slams Arizona forensic audit, and state's company will not release passwords to Maricopa voting machines. So this thing, they say nothing went, nothing wrong happened here, but they don't want to prove to everyone that they're right by giving passwords and, sh and showing that it wasn't stolen. If they're so sure, nothing happened, nothing bad happened. I mean, it, imagine... You're going through the airport somewhere and you're scanning your bag and you know, I've only got clothes in there, I've got a few, you know, normal things there like cosmetic stuff, I've got shoes, everything. You go through and it beeps and they find something in there and they say, oh, can we search your bag? And you're like, yeah, fine. You know, there's nothing wrong there. And are you going to be scared they're going to find something? No. It's happened to me, and I know I've got nothing there. I packed my bag. They're not going to find anything there. Like, I didn't put cocaine in the bag. I didn't have drugs there. So it's fine. But imagine you go through there. And you got drugs stash, uh, stashed away in your bag. And it beeps. You're going to be scared, yeah? You're going, to, you're going to not want them to look in your bag. You're going to say, no, there's nothing there. You know, I don't want you to look in the bag. So that's what they're doing here. 
They don't want them to look into it. They know they're going to find something. And then what's going to happen? So it says here that the Denver-based company Dominion has responded to Arizona's Senate demand for passwords to ballot tabulators. So they were, they're not going to give them the passwords no, because it's, it was a perfect election, remember. So back on November 30th, 2020, Maricopa County elections witness Jan Bryant testified before the Arizona legislator. Uh, Jan, I think it's Jan or Jan, said back on November 30th, 2020, that Maricopa County officials did not run the election. Two Dominion employees in the audit center ran the election. This explains why Maricopa County officials do not have admin passwords or access to the Dominion voting machines. They never had them, you see. Never had them. So, it says here, the America's audit director, Ken Bennett, told OAN, as one American news here, earlier in the week that Dominion was refusing to comply with the subpoena to turn over the passwords. So, what are they hiding? You know, there's nothing went wrong, but they don't want to work with the, the people that are doing the audit. They don't want to help them. So, in their statement published today, Dominion attacked the forensic auditing team performing the audit. Dominion defended controversial EAC group that rubber-stamped the previous counting of ballots, and Dominion then said they will not release the passwords to the Maricopa County voting machine. They will not allow any auditors to look at their machines. <laughs> so, Dominion voluntarily provides access to voting machine equipment and information to auditors who have been accredited by the U.S. Election Assistance Commission. We happily did so with independent EAC aggregated providers that Maricopa County hired for system auditing earlier this year. If Cyber Ninjas went through the process of successfully obtaining EAC accreditation, Dominion would of course cooperate as we as we do with all federally, federally accredited auditors. So Cyber Ninjas is a company that's doing the audit. So, however, not only is Cyber Ninjas unaccredited, but they also have already demonstrated bias and incompetence, including committing a serious breach of the secure chain of custody that protects voting equipment, which has been deemed by the US government as critical infrastructure, releasing Dominion's intellectual property to an uncredited, biased, and plainly unreliable actor such as Cyber Ninjas would be reckless causing irreparable damage to the commercial interests of the company and the election security interests of the country. No company should be compelled to participate in such an irresponsible act. Yeah, because they're scared, that's why. Uh, we have here there a not a tweet, but a statement from Donald Trump about this. Uh, it says, a devastating letter written by Arizona Senate President Karen Fan on voting irregularities and probably fraud in Maricopa County during a 2020 presidential election. Even the database was illegally deleted after the subpoena to produce the information. The Senate President Fan has invited Maricopa County officials 
to a public hearing on May 18th to allow them the opportunity to try to explain what happened to the missing databases, ballots and other significant issues. The fake news and lamestream media is doing everything they can not to cover this major story. They just refuse to talk or report about it. They don't want the United States or world to see what is going on with our corrupt third world election. So, And then he has a link to the letter from the Senate president there. Uh, so next up here, finally, the last article we have today. Uh, world's leading scientists. Uh, WHO has failed to make balanced consideration on possibility COVID leaked from the Chinese lab. It says, we must state the hypothesis about both natural and laboratory spillovers seriously until we have sufficient data. So a group of the world's leading scientists have written an open letter urging more investigation into the possibility that the coronavirus pandemic was caused by a leak from Wuhan's Institute of Virology, saying that the World Health Organization has dismissed the notion without proper consideration. The scientists, who all work for the globe's leading universities and health organizations, urge that the origins of the pandemic must be further investigated, that the lab leak theory remains viable, despite WHO statements to the contrary. The group includes David Relman, professor of microbiology at Stanford, Ravindra Gupta, clinical microbiologist at the University of Cambridge, and Jesse Bloom, a virus expert at Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. More investigation is still needed to determine the origins of the pandemic, the letter from the 18 leading scientists reads. Theories of accidental release from a lab and zoonotic spillover both remain viable, the scientists wrote in the letter to the journal Science. We must take a hypothesis about both natural and laboratory spillovers seriously until we have sufficient data. Uh, the development comes days after an independent panel ruled that the WHO, which in January 2020 suggested it was racist <laughs> to impose border controls to stop the spread of COVID-19, but it could have saved over 3 million lives if it had recommended travel restrictions earlier. So as they previously highlighted, after spending months trying to negotiate a visit, WHO officials largely absolved China of blame for the COVID-19 pandemic after visiting a virus lab in Wuhan for just three hours. Yeah, I'm sure they found so much uh, three hours and they already gave a warning. It's like uh, they used to do at McDonald's. It was, uh, you know, do you want to look at how we make our burgers? So you can see how it's all nicely prepared and everything. Uh, you can, you can go ahead, but you've got to give us warning. <laughs> you give us uh, hours warning, uh, days warning there, so we can, uh, you know, make it look like everything's fine here, so you don't spot anything strange. That's the same thing here. Uh, the notion of the virus coming from the Wuhan lab is not some fringe conspiracy theory. Rather, it has been advocating by advocated by leading scientific intelligence and political figures globally. The former CDC director Robert Redfield 
a leading virologist, told CNN in March that he believes the coronavirus may have escaped from the Wuhan lab as far back as September 2019. A prominent German scientist with the University of Hamburg released findings in February of a year-long study that concludes that the most likely cause of the coronavirus pandemic was a leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The study adds the already, already volum, voluminous existence of evidence pointing to a lab accident being the cause of the pandemic with an attempted, attempted cover-up by the communist Chinese state being facilitated by the inaction of the WHO to investigate the origin in greater depth. There previously, previously emerged that the Wuhan lab has held a coronavirus sample that was 96.2% the same as COVID-19 for almost a decade, it says. This prompted the speculation about the origin of the virus. Several prominent researchers and scientists have also noted that the lab must be investigated giving this fact. In addition, previous reports have suggested that the Institute took a shipment of some of the world's deadliest pathogens just weeks before the outbreak of the coronavirus. It is also known that the lab was tampering with the natural pathogens and mutating them to become more infectious. Intelligence figures across the globe have also called for the Wuhan lab to be investigated. A Chinese virologist recently fled Hong Kong and effectively defected to the West with evidence against the Chinese Communist Party concerning its role in the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's all for today. Uh, we'll see you next time and uh, take care and goodbye. <laughs>